So this morning we want to wrap up our journey through the book of Proverbs. And so as we move into the fall, we're going to conclude this series. And then just a little bit about what's coming next. On Sunday mornings, we're going to be jumping back into the book of Matthew, the gospel of Matthew, looking at the gospel of the kingdom. And I love this way that we've been able to bounce into the Old Testament and then we're going to bounce back to the New Testament. Because one of the things I've really found in the book of Proverbs this summer is, is just the beauty of how God's word fits together. Old and New Testament. In fact, if I was going to mention some of the highlights of what I've seen this summer in the book of Proverbs, that would be one of them. Is that all of scripture fits together. Proverbs backs up what was said in the Torah in the first five books of the Bible. And Jesus has a lot to say that backs up what the Proverbs say. He really fleshes it out. Um, and another highlight to me is just that the book of Proverbs has been such a practical book of encouragement. And if you're thinking about your own personal spiritual growth and you're saying, I'm not quite sure where to start, Proverbs is a great place. I think we've mentioned this multiple times. There are 31 chapters in the book of Proverbs. And if you just took a couple months and you read one chapter every day, on the first of the month you read chapter one, on the 10th of the month you're reading chapter 10, Read through it a couple times. You'll be amazed at what God shows you about what it means to walk in his wisdom. Uh, so Proverbs is this really practical book. But also think about our journey through Proverbs this summer. And I realize we've really just scratched the surface, if you think about it. I remember uh, back in 2004, I believe it was. No, 2001. Uh, my family traveled to the Grand Canyon. This was uh, before I was married to Sarah. And me and my brothers took a hike all the way down to the bottom of the Grand Canyon and all the way up in one day and lived to tell about it, okay? So we went 18 miles in one day, and I remember going off trail a couple times. My my older brother said he could figure out the map, um, and that's pretty dangerous when you got a couple of Kansas farm boys who've never seen a topographical map before. I mean, it's all flat in Kansas. But we found our way back, and I still remember we got back, and I was like, wow, we've seen the Grand Canyon. Until we drove and drove and drove and we realized we had really only scratched the surface. You know, there are hundreds of miles of trails that go through that canyon. And the same is true of Proverbs. We've seen some really amazing things this summer. Looked at God's way of wisdom in some really key areas of life. But I want to encourage you, don't let it stop there. Keep looking at Proverbs. Go back to Proverbs often. Uh, it really has so much more than we've even been able to look at. And so this morning, uh, we want to look at uh, Proverbs 3, 5, and 6. Proverbs 3, 5, and 6. And this just kind of sums up how to walk in God's wisdom. How to walk in God's wisdom. Proverbs 3, 5, and 6 says this. Trust in the Lord with all your heart and do not lean on your own understanding. In all your ways, acknowledge him and he will make straight your paths. Proverbs 3, 5, and 6 you know, what we're going to look at today is how to walk in wisdom and really five words that I think kind of sum up the whole book of Proverbs. And they're found in these two verses. I think these verses kind of encapsulate everything that the whole book of Proverbs is trying to teach. And so the first word that we want to look at this morning is that very first word in the verse. It is trust in the Lord with all your heart. And that's that first key word I would say is trust. Now, you know, if you read through Scripture, Old Testament or New Testament, that word trust is one of the key words in Scripture. And so it's no accident that it occurs right here in this verse that sums up the book of Proverbs. In fact, the Hebrew word that's used here where it says trust in the Lord with all your heart, 
That's the strongest word for trust that we have in the Old Testament. Okay, there are actually several other words. You could have one uh, that's kind of like believe, um, uh, others that mean rely. We're going to see another one of those. Um, but this is the strongest word we have for trust. It means full, fully relying or depending on something or someone for safety or for security. Fully depending on them. You could say it's like throwing yourself on someone or throwing yourself on something for refuge. To cling to that person or cling to that thing for protection and for your life. That's the kind of trust we're talking about here. Just clinging to be for life. You know, in the Old Testament, like I said, this is the strongest word we see used for, for describing trust. Uh, it's used a handful of times in the Pentateuch. The Pentateuch are the first five books of the Old Testament. Genesis, Exodus, Leviticus, Numbers, and Deuteronomy. So you see it used a few times there. God's laying out his law. He's saying, here's how you will get to know me. Here's what I'm like. But then you get further into the Old Testament and you get into the book of Psalms. And just in that book, which is kind of the worship book of the Old Testament, you see this word used 45 times in the book of Psalms. 45 times. Why is that? Because trusting God is the basis for our worship. It's because we can trust him that we can praise him and we can pray to him and ask him things. And then here's the other thing. You get to the prophets, the books of the prophets, Isaiah and Jeremiah especially, but even the little minor prophets. They use this word all the time also. And do you know why? Because in the prophets, God sends these messengers to his people. And he says, I've given you the law. I've told you how to follow me. You're not really doing it. And so I've got a question for you. Who are you going to trust? You're going to trust yourselves? You're going to trust the, the king next door? Or are you going to trust me? And really that's the message especially of Isaiah is God says you can trust me. In fact, if you trust anything besides me, it's not going to go well for you. So this word is incredibly important in the Old Testament. Who are you going to trust? Who are you going to rely on to keep you safe, to keep you secure, not just in this life, but after you die. There's another related word that kind of comes from the same root that I think helps us tie this a little bit together. And it's this idea of, of a melon on a vine, like a watermelon on a vine. The watermelon or the melon has to depend or trust in the vine to, to give it life. You know, I think watermelons for me are probably one of the highlights of the summer. Uh, one of my summertime favorites. In fact, driving around just this area, you see all these guys on the side of the road selling watermelons. But if you think about it, if that watermelon had ever said to the vine, I don't need you, it'd be a waterless melon, right? And how good would that be? It wouldn't be good at all. It wouldn't be a valuable fruit. A healthy watermelon has to depend on the vine to get its nourishment. Its only sustenance comes from the vine. So this idea of trusting in the Lord means that we understand that our only hope of survival comes from him. Kind of reminds you of what Jesus said in John 15, verse 5, right? He said, I am the vine, you are the branches. Apart from me, you can do nothing. If you abide in me and I abide in you, you will bear much fruit. For apart from me, you can do nothing. That same idea of in order to have a fruitful, productive life, you have to be connected to the vine. The word Jesus uses in John 15 is abide, which is kind of talking about that ongoing relationship. 
But here in Proverbs, what we're talking about is trusting. Just placing your faith, placing your trust, fully relying on the Lord. That's the very first step you have to have in order to walk in wisdom. That word trust. You see, what we see here in the Old Testament, in Proverbs 3, verse 5, where it says, Trust in the Lord with all your heart. Now that we have the New Testament, we know that it's talking not just about God in general. It's talking about, specifically, Jesus Christ. Because what we see here in the book of Proverbs, when it talks about the Lord, we come to the New Testament and we find out that Jesus Christ is the Lord of the Old Testament. And so when it says to trust in the Lord with all your heart, we are called to trust in Jesus with all our heart. That's what we celebrate with communion. B.B. Warfield says this. He's a scholar that says this. The Old Testament may be likened to a chamber that's richly furnished but dimly lighted. The introduction of light brings it to nothing which brings into it nothing which was not in it before, but it brings it up into clearer view much of what is in it, but was only dimly or even not at all perceived before. And he goes on to say, we need to read the Old Testament with the lights on. In other words, with the New Testament in mind. So when we read Proverbs 3, 5, and 6, where it says, trust in the Lord with all your heart. It reminds us that we are called to trust in Jesus. He's the only one who can save us from our sins. Another verse from the New Testament that kind of goes right along with this is this. Ephesians 2, 8, and 9. For by grace you have been saved through faith. And this is not your own doing. It is the gift of God, not as a result of works, so that no one may boast. Think about the similarities between these two little passages, right? Lean not on your own understanding. Ephesians 2, 8, and 9 says, Do not think that this is a result of your works. No one can boast. So here's the thing. Faith in Jesus means that you trust in him. This is the call of the Old Testament, to trust in God. It's the call of the New Testament, to trust in God. Specifically, we know him as Jesus Christ. Trust him and not in yourself. That's that first key word is trust. Walking in wisdom begins with trust in the right thing. Actually, in the right person. The Lord Jesus Christ. You know, there are other things we try to trust in life, aren't there? Things to keep us safe. Um, we might try to trust in other people. We think the politicians are going to keep me safe or maybe the doctors are going to save my life. Um, things might keep us safe. My retirement is my security. I'm going to save it up so it keeps me safe for a long, long time. But Proverbs tells us to trust in the Lord. Depend on him for your security, your eternal security. Trust in the Lord, fear him. That's the beginning of wisdom. And I would just encourage you with this. If you're going to trust in the Lord, you need to know the person you're trusting. So that's maybe the takeaway on this point is know the one you trust. Get to know him. And how do you do that? You get to know him through his word. The first part of chapter 3 talks about uh, writing these commandments around your neck. Write them on the tablet of your heart. So you will find favor and good success in the sight of God and man. So know the God of the word, and you do that by knowing the word of God. But you trust in the Lord. That's the first key word, word, trust in the Lord. And then that brings us to the second key word. It is all. 
All. Keyword number two is all. And this adds emphasis to that word trust. It doesn't just say just trust. It says trust with all your heart. Trust in the Lord with all your heart and do not lean on your own understanding. In all your ways acknowledge him and he will make your straight your paths. What we see here is this idea of all your heart. Not half-hearted, not partial-hearted, but wholeheartedly trusting in the Lord. If you think about what is meant in Scripture when we talk about your heart, especially in the Old Testament, we talk about your heart, that's the center of who you are. That's the core of your beliefs. See, what you feel and believe in your heart will determine how you act. And so your inner person, your soul, what you believe affects what you do. And so God says, with all your heart, trust in the Lord. Put all your trust in the Lord. Don't save a little bit on the side and put a little bit of trust in something else just in case this thing with God doesn't work out. Put all your trust in the Lord. I think one thing we see is that there's a danger for us in the world today. This has been true for humans ever since the beginning of time. And that is that we don't want to trust with our whole heart. We kind of maybe just want to trust with part of our heart. But certain areas of my heart are off limits. Maybe I'm distracted with something. And what I would say is this, a distracted heart is a divided heart. And a distracted heart will lead you astray from loving and trusting the Lord with all your heart. Here's a question for you. Who or what are you listening to in your heart? What voices do you listen to? Proverbs is all about talking about what voices are you listening to? What voices are you embracing in the deepest part of your being? The voices that say, um, come and do what feels good. Any desire you have, fulfill it. I think there's a, a number of different voices that can distract us and lead us astray. One would be, and this one's actually out of our control oftentimes. It'd be the voice of pain, right? You can actually get distracted by pain that you have in heart, in your heart. Maybe something that happened to you or happened to a loved, mem- loved one, uh, part of your family. That can distract you from trusting the Lord. And that's some things we have to work through. Other voices that can distract us. Uh, the idea of pleasure, right? There's a lot of things out in the world today saying, hey, come do this. Come with me and do this. It, it feels good. That can distract us. Different trials can distract your heart from following God, from trusting God. When hard things come up, it's easy to say, God, why would you let this happen? I'm not sure I can trust you, that you have the best thing in mind. Trials like COVID. Some of our church family has experienced that in a really, really uh, vivid way this week. But this key word, all... How do you define that? How do you define that? All your heart. One simple thing we could say is all means all. That's all all means. Have you ever heard that before? Your whole heart is what God wants you to trust him with. Your whole heart. To know him. I would just encourage you this, that to to trust God and love him with all your heart uh, would, would encourage you to say this is to know what God's heart is. What is it that God desires? What is God's heart? Seek his heart and desire what he desires and ask him to change your heart. Remember to depend on him is absolutely necessary for this to happen. 
The big question again is, what are you filling your heart with? What voices are you listening to? I would just encourage you even this week. There's a lot of voices in the news you can listen to. There's voices in entertainment. You could be giving your heart to entertainment. You could be giving your heart to recreation, spending all your time and effort on that. God says, trust in the Lord with all your heart. I would just encourage you, one way to to fill your heart with the things of God would be to memorize his word. I mentioned earlier Galatians 5, 22 and 23, uh, the fruit of the spirit. If you've never memorized those verses, learn them. We need to, we need to demonstrate those now more than ever. And if you have learned them, meditate on them. I think when you focus on these things and you speak the truth deep in your heart, it helps you to trust the one who holds your heart. Trust in the Lord with all your heart, all of it. Which brings us to the third key word, and that is lean. So here we get the contrast. God says, trust in the Lord with all your heart. Here's what you should not trust in, what you should not lean on. And and if we're going to define that word lean, uh, lean means to support or to trust or to rely. In fact, a lot of places in Scripture we see trust and lean kind of side by side. So it's a similar word to trust, although not as strong. Let's look at this. Trust in the Lord with all your heart and do not lean on your own understanding. In all your ways, acknowledge him and he will make straight your path. So this idea of leaning is the idea of propping yourself up against something else. Okay, Uh, You have this offer from God. He says, you can trust me fully. And yet for some reason, we as humans kind of want to lean on something else. You ever find yourself doing that? Propping yourself up with your own understanding? What does your own understanding look like? Here's a picture from the lower ninth ward. This is what we would call a leaning house, okay? This house uh, appears to actually have a strong foundation that it could be using. But in some way, the house has chosen to lean. It looks like it's leaning over on that tree on the side, right? The house is not depending on the right foundation. And, you know, this actually echoes what Jesus says in, uh, in uh, Matthew chapter 7, where he talks about the house of the wise man and the house of the foolish man. The wise man builds his house on the rock, on the firm foundation of God and his word. The foolish man builds his house on the sands, the shifting things of the world. And so here in Proverbs, it says, trust in the Lord with all your heart and do not lean on your own understanding. So that's the question. What does it look like to lean on your own understanding, to kind of rely on something that's not a solid foundation? I think it could sound something like this. Well, I'm going to do what makes sense financially, even if it doesn't line up with God's word. I'm going to do what feels good. I'm going to do what everyone else is doing or what everyone else is telling me to do. Taking a shortcut Even though I know God has laid out my life to go this way, I'm going to do something that saves me some time and energy. My challenge to you is this. Depend on God's wisdom. Don't prop yourself up on your own understanding. And this is what I would also say that I think Proverbs encourages us to surround ourselves with other godly people. Uh, That way it's not just you listening to the voice in your head, but listening to the voice of wisdom which God sends through other people. Uh, Proverbs, uh, I think 26, talks about iron sharpening iron, being around other people who can keep you on the right path. So how do we walk in wisdom? We trust, 
with our whole heart, with all our heart. We don't lean on our own understanding. Keyword number four, oh wait, we've seen this one before, right? Keyword number four is all. That word's repeated in this verse. In all your ways, acknowledge him, and he will make straight your paths. In all your ways. We're repeating this word because, you know, in in the first part of the verse, it said, with all your heart. That's really kind of what you believe, what you trust, what's on the inside. But we know that affects what comes out on the outside. All your ways would be like all the steps you take on the path of life. So again, all means all. That's all all means. God says, all your ways acknowledge him. What does it mean to acknowledge him? You know, uh, I think that sounds kind of like a pretty trivial word in the way we use it nowadays, right? Like I might acknowledge Kevin sitting there, kind of nod at him, and I'll nod at the people in the back row just to acknowledge they're here. In our minds, acknowledge just kind of means like a, you know, you just kind of have a trivial acknowledgement, really. But the word here is actually something far more significant than that. It really means in all your ways, know him. Know him. And the word know in Hebrew is not just mental knowledge. It's this idea of experiencing, relationally, walking through life with him. Knowing him in all your ways. In other words, making him a part of every single thing you do. So this is where we get into trouble, I think, as humans. We kind of try to separate the spiritual and the secular. We say on Sundays, absolutely, my whole heart is devoted to God and his word and to communion and worship. And yes, my whole heart on Sundays. But on Mondays, my heart's going to go a different direction. And on Mondays, I'm going to go in a different direction. So some of my ways, I acknowledge him, but not all of my ways. And this is the challenge, by the way, to figure out what does it mean to acknowledge God, to know God in all your ways. If you're a plumber, if you're selling insurance, if you're a doctor or a nurse or a school teacher, how do you acknowledge God in all your ways? If you're a stay-at-home mom, how are you acknowledging him in everything you do? You know, we've talked about this all summer long. We've talked about the major themes in the book of Proverbs, right? And so this is what happens to a lot of us, and I'm included in this. We'll say, okay, I know these are the important ways God wants me to to walk with him. And we talked about purity, sexual purity. We talked about walking with him in wisdom with our speech, with our words, um, with our work, with our wealth and our money. Last week we talked about walking with him in wisdom through our relationships with people and our families and, and around us. But what most of us do is we'll say, I'm good on the purity one. I'll walk with him with my work. But when it comes to how I treat my sister or my uncle, God, that's kind of off limits. That's too complicated for you. I'm going to do that one my way. In all your ways, acknowledge him. All your ways. Every interaction you have, every word that comes out of your mouth. You know, this is interesting True wisdom, this, I don't want you to miss this key word. All is such an important word in, in Proverbs, is that this affects all areas of your life. Uh, flip to with me to the end of the book, Proverbs 31. Proverbs 31. Uh, some of you may have heard of this idea of the Proverbs 31 woman. There's actually a ministry out there called Proverbs 31 woman. Um, and uh, it actually 
uh, in verses 10 through 31, describes this. It says, an excellent wife who can find. She is far more precious than jewels. And then it goes off on this long description of what this um, Proverbs 31 wise woman is like. But I want to suggest to you that it goes far beyond just describing a woman here. Okay, This is actually a description of a wise person. It is describing a woman... What you might see in my Bible, I actually have a little footnote in verse 10 uh, that says verses 10 through 31 are an acrostic poem, each verse beginning with a successive letter of the Hebrew alphabet. So each one of those verses after verse 10, it's like A, B, C, D, E, F, G, all the way through the 22 letters of the Hebrew alphabet. If you did your math, you're probably like, there's not 26 verses there. Well, remember... Uh, we have the English alphabet. They had the Hebrew alphabet. There's 22 letters in the Hebrew alphabet. And so it's basically the ABCs of wisdom. A wise person is going to do these kind of things. And yes, it talks about what a wise woman would do, but it would also not let a man off the hook. Okay. This is also a description of what a wise person would do. And so I would just encourage you to read through that later today and see what kinds of thing it says. It's some of those same things. Um, wisdom begins with the fear of the Lord. Verse 30, charm is deceitful, beauty is vain, but a, a woman who fears the Lord is to be praised. It begins with the fear of the Lord, uh, the worship of him. Also goes on to talk about a productive person. All the things we've talked about, speech, purity, work, wealth. God wants us to be productive be productive with our lives. A wise person is a productive person. A wise person will teach wisdom to others. A lot of Proverbs 31 is about how this person, how this woman passes on wisdom to her children. So if you're a wise person, you're not going to keep this to yourself. You're going to pass this on to others. In all her ways, she acknowledges him and he directs her path. Proverbs 31 is a beautiful picture of what this looks like. Another real-life example of what this looks like is Joseph in the book of Genesis. Joseph is set up as this example of a wise person who in all his ways acknowledges the Lord. And guess what? He goes through some really hard challenges, things he didn't expect. He gets thrown in jail. He gets sold as a slave. And yet, through it all, he keeps fearing the Lord and doing the things that God asks him to do, faithfully following the Lord, acknowledging him in all his ways, and God directs his path. We're called to, in all our ways, acknowledge him. What does that look like for you? In all your ways, whatever you do this week, how will you acknowledge Jesus? How will you acknowledge him? How will you know him and experience him as a part of what you're doing? I think God cares about every decision we make, how we treat every person, every word that comes out of our mouth. When you have a relationship with him, when you know him, he says, I want you to follow me. I want you to do life the way I designed it to be done. That's what we call wisdom. If you can do that, you'll lead many, many more people to me. So that's the challenge. In all your ways, acknowledge him. Let your conversations point to him. Let your actions point to him. Let your attitudes point to him. No matter what you're doing, this is what Colossians talks about. Whatever you do, whether in word or deed, do all in the name of the Lord Jesus Christ. In all your ways, acknowledge him. Which brings us to the last key word, and that is paths. Paths. 
Trust in the Lord with all your heart and do not lean on your own understanding. In all your ways, acknowledge him and he will make straight your paths. We talk about a path in Proverbs. We're talking about a road. Uh, The picture there is of a road or or something that you walk down. But your life path is the direction in which you're going. And God says, I want you to walk down the path with me every single step of the way. In fact, if you follow me and acknowledge me and know me and do life in the way that I designed it to be done, your paths will be straight. You will have an uninterrupted relationship with me. Maybe one way to understand this is this. You know, this morning, you think about a path through the woods. That's a little bit like life. But this morning, all of us took a different route to get to church, didn't we, right? I had to drive down Lee Road. There's no traffic on Sunday morning, so that was nice. Uh, but I survived Lee Road this morning. Some of you come up from Mandeville. Some of you come from Slidell. Um, all over the city. We all took a different route to get to church this morning. Different paths. But we all had the same destination. We were coming here to worship the Lord together. And I would say this, that if you've trusted Jesus, same thing. We're all traveling different paths through life. Your path looks different than my path. I'm going to encounter things on my path that you will not encounter on your path. Joys, sorrows, trials, and, and, and celebrations. Same for you. But if you know Jesus Christ, if you've trusted the Lord with all your heart, we are traveling to the same destination. You may have a different path to walk, and it may not be easy. In fact, Proverbs tells us it's not always going to be easy. Scripture tells us that. But if you walk with him, he says it will be straight. You can walk with him and have uninterrupted fellowship and a relationship with him. Remember this, when we go back to, I think those verses from Ephesians 2, 8 and 9, where it says, for by grace you've been saved through faith and not of yourselves, it is the gift of God, not of work so that no one can boast. That's true of how you get saved. It's also true of how you walk down this path called life. You can't do this on your own. But God says, I want to do this with you. If you've trusted me, if you know me, and you acknowledge me in all your ways, I'm right there with you. And it's grace that will help you to walk that straight path. Grace is something you don't deserve. God says, I want to walk with you even though you don't deserve it. All you have to do is trust me. This morning as we conclude our time in the book of Proverbs and think about the path that you all are going to be walking in the days ahead. Each of us has a different path to walk. But remember... If you know Jesus, we're on the path to the same destination. So that's my first thing is, if you don't know him, trust him today. Tell him you trust him. Tell him you believe in him. And then come talk to me about it. But if you do know him, I would just encourage you to walk down that path one step at a time. And do it in community with other folks from this church. I want us to stand up here in just a second. We're going to actually read these verses together as we conclude our time. And then I'm going to pray for us and we'll go out from here. But I would encourage you, if you haven't memorized these verses or some other verses, plant these in your heart and meditate on them. Because God says, I want you to walk in the way of wisdom, not just today, but every day of your life. So will you stand with me? We'll say these verses together in unison, and then we all uh, say a prayer and we'll be dismissed. All right, it says this, Proverbs 3, 5, and 6. Trust in the Lord with all your heart 
and do not lean on your own understanding. In all your ways, acknowledge him, and he will make straight your paths. Will you bow with me in prayer? God, I thank you for this promise from your word. Lord, I pray that uh, every person in this room would trust you with their whole heart, trust in the work of Jesus Christ. Uh, And God, I pray that each step of the way, we would rely on you to carry us through, God, not on our own strength. Now to him who is able to keep you from stumbling and to present you blameless before the presence of his glory with great joy, to the only God, our Savior, through Jesus Christ, our Lord, be glory, majesty, dominion, and authority before all time and now and forever. Amen. You are dismissed. Now go and make disciples.